Welcome to the podcast. Out here in this world, we are about sustainability, responsibility in life, at work, and when we travel. Touching on organizations and people that are doing the right thing. We are talking today with Ravani Manukum, Head of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at the UNHCR, the UN Refugee Agency. Now, Ravani describes herself as the painter of possibilities, inspiring teams, leaders, and individuals on the endless possibilities that exist for all. She is known for her work in leading global change management programs, culture movements, diversity and inclusion, and leadership developments. So without further ado, here is the podcast with Ravani Manukum, based in South Africa. Of course, I'm also consulting a, a charity here in the UK, which is called uh, Nubian Jack Community Trust. He is really responsible for putting up blue plaques, which is normally done by um, English Heritage. But English Heritage, um, well, since, since the old times, they're really not not really looking at at people of African heritage, and um, that that was not in their in their line of sight, especially because it started in 1800 something. To give you a few examples, that he has done 50 here. Malcolm X, he's done. Dr. George Alfred Bushy, uh, Bob Marley. Um, there's one in London for the ANC, for example. There's, there's um, quite a lot of plaques here. And he wants to do this internationally now. So he wants to do this in America and he wants to do this um, in, in, in African nations and um, over the rest of Europe as well. So it's the first time really it's going outside of the UK, but it's really about inspiring people. And that's what you do as well, correct? Or, um... Yes, absolutely. Look, I mean, I definitely, I read the I read the email, I read the questions and uh, I mean, just the questions in itself. And I, and I Googled a little bit. I Googled a video on, uh, there's a YouTube video of him talking yep. about the blue plots. Um, very inspiring, very inspiring, really great stuff. So it truly resonates with me. Uh, excited about this. Right. Yeah. So the first question to you is really, how do you yourself uh, inspire uh, and unlock potential in, in individuals? And also you're working in a workplace as well. So maybe you can touch on that as well a little bit. Yeah, of course. Um, great question. I think, um, you know, for me, the big thing when it comes to inspiring others, it it boils down to one thing, and that's your purpose. Um, I'm really big on every individual team leader that I work with, understanding what's their why, what's the what's the fire in their belly, so to speak. You know, what really is uh, is that is that, what do you connect with on on far more than just a, a work basis. Um, and of course, through through coaching, through mentoring, to talking to teams, talking to leaders, I have a series of questions just in terms of helping individuals figure out exactly what it is that I love to do. And and um, and I must say, working in the UNHCR, I'm surrounded by purpose-driven individuals. It's unbelievable. There's there's a true magic there. You know, when you speak to every single individual, whether it be someone in the finance team or someone in the operations where the action is happening it's very clear that everyone wants to work with people, want to help those who need to be protected, uh, assist those who are discriminated against, et cetera. I mean, I call myself the painter of possibilities. Uh, I've, I've put my uh, purpose statement into words. Um, and that's a couple of things because I'm creative, which is why I say painter. Um, and I do like painting and possibilities because, you know, I think that, we're in a world where there's far too much self-doubt, um, you know, imposter syndrome. You especially see it um, with marginalized communities. Am I really good enough? Um, do I really deserve this promotion? 
should I really be in this interview? You know, um, and, and I work hard at that in terms of inspiring people to have self-belief and connect with your purpose. So if you're doing something you love, you, you, you really are going to excel at it. Um, and I have numerous examples of, of people who, I mean, uh, in a previous organization I worked with, a close colleague of, of mine uh, worked closely with me in terms of figuring out her purpose. And actually it, it turned out that she wasn't, she wasn't enjoying the world of corporate and working for a profit-driven organization. And she really wanted to connect with children. And uh, lo and behold, she's now a qualified teacher living her best life, <laughs> getting this energy and inspiration from children because she enjoys the minds of children versus, you know, the corporate world. Um, so really, it's uh, for me, it's about purpose. What is your purpose? And, and I do indeed uh, enjoy inspiring, uh, inspiring others, especially the youth. I have a soft spot for the youth. I am South African. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I come from a country with the highest um, youth unemployment rate and uh, it's a devastating story to tell you know we have many graduates walking the streets um, unemployed poverty stricken um, mental health issues because they they feel no hope mm-hmm. um, and so I have in the past done work with universities um, prepping students for the world of work helping them to overcome barriers uh, inspiring entrepreneurial spirit because you know there's only so many corporates who offer organ- or even uh, humanitarian organizations that offer internships etc there's, there's there's 80% of them that are still not going to get anything and so I believe the youth really do have this um, entrepreneurial spirit certainly the youth of Africa um, you know, we, we've got so many amazing youth. Uh, you know, there's a story of, um, sorry, his name uh, slips my mind right now, but he, he, he created a young, a young guy in his 20s. He created something called the dry bath because of the water scarcity in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So it's a one packet uh, that can uh, bath you from head to toe, no water required. So it's almost the challenges in, in a continent like Africa and many across the entire globe that uh, inspire these youth to truly figure out, okay, we have a problem to solve and my purpose is people. And so I'm going to create this and it's going to help my communities. Um, so I hope that helps. No, absolutely. That, that is absolutely fantastic, especially because you talk about the youth as well in schools. And um, well, to show you know, Nubian Jack always involves schools in the surroundings where they put up the plaques are. That is also trying to inspire people and also try to to let them see, like, listen, they they made it this far. No matter what the circumstances, they they just went for it. They worked, they worked, they worked, and no matter what the circumstances, they made something that that really st- stood out and they helped society and they impacted society. And that's what you're doing as well. So that's that is. Uh, that is fantastic, I, I, I think. So, uh, yeah, there's also there's quite a bit of synergy here, I think. Um, uh, do, do you think that that looking at people that are still alive is just as important as people that are long dead and made history? What, 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 what is your opinion? Oh, my gosh, 100%. 100%. History is being written as we speak. Um, and it's super important to celebrate those in the living moment now because it's... Um, it, it is inspiring. Um, you know, if, if I if I cast my mind back to when I was a student and or even even now, when you look at history books and you and you think of the contributors of the past, somehow it still feels a bit far fetched 
But if you know that the person is living here and now in the moment and doing great things and, you know, Celebrating people now shines a light and amplifies the inequalities that exist now, um, the issues that we have now, be it environmental, be it along the race line, be it along the gender line. Um, it's these individuals that need to be amplified and, and we really do need to celebrate celebrate them. I also believe firmly in, um, I'm a very strong believer in terms of representation and a cross-section of representation of these living heroes, so to speak, making history. Um, because when we think of the younger generations, when they're looking up or they, they, they're, they're looking to who is making history, it's important to see someone that looks like you. Because within you, you, can, you know, it inspires this, I can do it too. You know, they have a similar background to me. Okay, it's, it's a face that's, looks a bit like me or you know comes from a background like me and 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 so I think that when we tell stories it's so important that we tell stories across the diversity markers be it someone from an LGBTQI plus community women African women most marginalized uh, community um because it's there's a lot of power in inspiring the next generation and the next generation through 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 amplifying these heroes in the here and now. Yeah, that is great to hear. Actually, I have a, a question following up on that, and I'm just going to put uh, my um, computer on focus so I don't get any any pings in there in between. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> which I've done. Okay, um, so you, you, indeed, there's there's um, an under like you said, there's an underrepresentation of 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 women in particular, women of of African descent in a num- number of of areas, and um, we're looking at. At women um, in America, examples or that that stand out. Uh, we have Jane Bolin, uh, we have Dorothy Hyde, we have uh, Shirley Sh- uh, Shisholm, um, Esther Lee Jones. But in 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 Africa, I could not really um, find um, many that many many women that that we could say well we could really help put them in 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 the highlight. I saw Vangari Mati, uh, who was the first uh, African woman to win the Nobel Prize. He's from Kenya, um, who we are looking at. And and I was just um, I, I was just wondering, um, would you or would you, would your organization be happy to identify a number of women that we could um, that we could, we could perhaps include or well obviously there's a committee uh nubian jack side but they could um just just uh consider um uh, for a plaque would that be possible if from, from your side you reckon i think 100 percent. i think you know the un have already identified um african women on the you know or women of african descent on the continent living now you know making a difference you know, some of the names that come up would be someone like uh amiti tal mohammed I don't know if you, you've heard of her, but she's the world champion slam poet. Okay. And she was a refugee uh, who immigrated from Sudan to the U.S. And she uses the, the power of her voice uh, to amplify the plight of refugees. Um, we have Miaza Ashenafi. She's the first woman uh, chief, I must guess this, chief justice of Ethiopia. Okay. Um, and she's doing some incredible work um, in terms of 
women's rights, women's, uh, you know, uh, the inequalities along the gender line, et cetera, et cetera. But there are many. Um, and, and I think that we would be more than happy to, to share those names with you, to help you amplify, tell those stories. Um, absolutely. We must. We must. Um, there are many women out there that are, that are doing it. And I think that, you know, you hit a, it's interesting that you say you have the names in the U S yeah. but you don't have any names uh, from Africa. And, um, and isn't that part of the larger issue at hand, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we have untold stories, rich stories on the African continent that need to be, um, we need to shine a light on these stories, on these incredible people, women, uh, who despite the inequalities and some of the, you know, the barriers you face in Africa are not the same as the barriers you would face in a developed country, in some of the developed countries. And I think that, I've always said it, that there's a resilience um, that lies here because of the world being so VUCA here, uh, so volatile, so uncertain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and, and I think that when telling the African stories, you will find a common thread, and we call it Ubuntu. You call it? Um, Ubuntu, Ubuntu is, an, is yeah. a Ubuntu. I don't know if you've heard of it, but mm-hmm. Ubuntu is... I am because of you. Okay. And it's about uh, giving back to communities. So there's a there's a very, you know, it's almost like a, if I can call it a collective African purpose, is it, it's never about me alone. Um, so if I succeed, I take others along with me. I If I'm doing well, I help communities. It's about reaching out and helping more. So I think that in these stories and in celebrating these uh, incredible women, you will indeed find this common thread of, of Ubuntu, um, which is which is really something very very uh, very special. Brilliant, brilliant. I did not hear that before. That's brilliant, indeed. Yes. Now, um, uh, the UN obviously has in their sustainable development goals, uh, goal number five and and goal number ten. They identified um, uh, some some really important goals with regards to really changing society. I think and really improving society. Um, what 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 is uh, culture of inclusion in the workplace, which you are uh, particular prevalent in? I think um, uh, really until for for your organization, UN and uh, HCR. What do you think that we could ourselves include in these unveilings and presentations that you think from your side? Well, that would be really good if you put that in there. Look, I think that. Um the UNHCR um, have done some amazing work. The first thing they did was, and 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 I would advise this uh, to other organizations, is they paused. There was a call to pause and stop and reflect. You know, often when it comes to diversity and inclusion, we, we make the mistake of thinking we know the solution and we jump right in mm-hmm. and just fix. We want to fix. But in this work of diversity, equity, and inclusion, the most important piece is about pausing and stopping and listening. Um, and so I'll use an example. This past year and a half, we've been on a journey uh, in terms of race, equality, and equity. And instead of jumping in and putting in, you know, like diversity markers and let's increase diversity here, et cetera, et cetera, what we, what we did was we hired external consultants who are specialists in this field, and they took almost a year to do a review. And this meant, you know, dialogue sessions, one-on-one interviews, um, 
leadership sessions of talking, really, really talking and listening and understanding, reviewing our policies and practices. Because when you speak about equity, that's where that's where generally the equity sits. Do we have any barriers or unintentional barriers for some because of our policies or our practices? So it was quite an intense exercise, almost a year long, which resulted in a um, recommendation report. It was a very iterative process, which I loved. So every step of the way, we uh, connected with our teams from a wide spectrum, a wide uh, spectrum across the organization, from our colleagues in the countries through to our head office, et cetera. And we would, we, every step of the way, share the information that's coming through. Does this resonate? Does this make sense? Is this sounding like us? Uh, are there things we're missing? And through that process of connecting, talking, dialogue, understanding the organization, they came up with, you know, what are our gaps? What are we doing well that we should amplify, et cetera? Um, and in fact, at the beginning of this year, I launched together with our high commissioner, uh, Filippo Grande, um, our multi-year race equality equity plan, which was exceptionally well received because our people felt that they were part of it. And it was their voices that they saw and heard in this plan, which is why I say back to that 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 all important pause, reflect, listen, understand, um, truly understand. And, and so the journey has begun. But we don't only look at things from a race lens. Um, you know, we take an intersectional lens. So we look at it from uh, a gender perspective, LGBTQI+, disability, Etc. And um, and so what we have is it's culminated into organization-wide action plans, which we are distilling down the organization, and everyone will feel like they own a part of it um, and understand what are the relevant actions they need to take. But if I had to say it very broadly, you know, firstly, representation matters. So you know, you can't go straight into inclusion if I'm the only woman at the table, mm-hmm. or if I'm the only person of color. You can try and include me as much as possible, but I'm not going to truly feel comfortable. And I really need to see, you know, the visual representation and diversity is so critical. And then equity is even even more important, <laughs> or equally important, I should say, is that once you have the, the you know the diverse organization in, or, or you're trying to attract diversity into the organization. What do our policies and practices look like? And we are currently reviewing that. In fact, in progress right now is our recruitment policy. And we're taking away some of the unintentional barriers that were put there in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, very inclusive process, very iterative. Very, you know, we've got people from staff council, our various employee resource groups. So we hear different voices and different perspectives, which is really what diversity is about. And mm-hmm. so you end up with the best product. And then, of, of course, inclusion is about all of those coming together and, and really making sure like everyone feels like they belong. Uh, we speak of a, a speak up culture. So we want our colleagues to, to use their voices, to speak up, to feel like they are safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but we balance that with a listen culture, a listening culture. Um, and so, again, I mean, I come back to this point around the importance of creating those safe spaces and to truly listen. I mean, if I think about it on the race line, we we learned very quickly that we had to create lots of spaces to, and we had to hold the space uh, in terms of having dialogues. There's a lot of hurt in the world right now um, and a lot of healing that needs to happen. Uh, and I think that 
organizations at large have a responsibility to hold a safe space. Um, I'm not saying we're doing it 100% right, but we're trying. Every day we take a step forward and every day we learn. Um, but that's really, really uh, what the UNHCR has, what's been keeping us busy is, is the Race Equality Equity Action Plan uh, and then how it all comes together with the various intersectionalities of, of diversity and inclusion. You know, there was, there was, I know you didn't ask it, but there was one last point I did want to make. I'm yeah. assuming you're going to edit this. Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Is, um, you know, you, you, there was a question around, should we tell the story of the contributors to history more and, you know, a more balanced, uh, um, you know, telling everyone's stories yeah. and bringing in more. Not, not just the, to people uh, from the history, but people from, from now. Is that the one, the question you meant? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And also this, this, you know, I, I, I was reflecting and I was saying, you know, I have children who are still at school yeah. and, um, when I sometimes, you know, during COVID, it was uh, during lockdown and you listen in on some of their lessons and I've spoken to a couple of mothers and it's interesting how we tell history, right? Um, if I think about like a simple one, just in terms of language, we still say uh, the explorers discovered Africa or yeah. discovered different lands, but actually they invaded So. So, you know, it's it's so important that we get language right as well and we tell history correctly. Uh, I mean, I come from South Africa and um, the history I was taught was very one-sided. And, and, and now that I reflect and I think, you know, we were taught about colonization, but but a very rosy story. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, leaders like Shaka Zulu yeah. were never celebrated. Shaka Zulu was one of the greatest strategists in war. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A great African uh, Zulu warrior. We never learned it really? at all. I think there was maybe one or two lines on him, and that was it. Has that changed? So if I, I may ask, or um, I think that it is slowly changing because, of course, we, uh, you know, the children now learn a lot about Nelson Mandela and um, and the struggle in South Africa and, and our freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's work to be done. I think there still is work to be done, but luckily it's uh, not as bad as when I was uh, in school. But I think my point is on the use of language and how we tell the stories and that it's not just a one-sided story. It's the, it's to, you know, bring in all the perspectives and the historian telling the story, understanding their own unconscious biases, because the written word is powerful, right? Yeah, very much. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I could speak forever on this topic. So. No, no, that's, <laughs> no, 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 I totally agree. I totally agree. That, that, that's not only in South Africa. That is everywhere, by the way. That is here in Absolutely. the Europe as well, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was the interview with Ravani, Ravani Manukam. Um, I'm very grateful that she came on board for an interview. You can find more information and the latest news on sustainable.news. You have been listening to Peter, Peter de Vries. Thank you for doing so. Please don't forget to tune in next time and have a look at our YouTube channel as well. Same name, Sustainable News.